7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you and a very good evening. Thanks for staying with us on SAFM and joining us on SAFM Spot on Tabiso Musia is me, Loyolam Kalipi and Katlako Mudiba are producing the show and Babalam Duma is our technical producer. Uh, we are continuing with our Freedom Month celebrations tonight, which is of course in line with the SABC's celebrations of 25 years of freedom. Throughout the week, we've been looking at sports stars or sporting moments that shaped South African sport pre and post isolation. And because we have committed to talking all things cricket on a Thursday. Uh, that will be our focus then uh, tonight. We will revisit the past and look at some struggle sporting icons in cricket and this evening we've decided to find out more about a man who has a cricket week named after him, a Cricket South Africa Cricket Week, known as the father of development cricket uh, from the Eastern Cape held as one of that province's greatest sportsmen, uh, played rugby and cricket, that is uh, Mr. Kaya Majola who comes from the renowned Majola sporting family. Cricket says flagship youth tournament is called the Kaya Majola week so we'll find out more about this uh, man Okaya Majola. In 17 seasons we've seen he played for Eastern Province in non-racial competitions and uh, built some records there between 1971 and 1991 he took the most catches uh, 65, scored the second most number of runs 2735 and captured the fifth highest number of wickets also during his time apparently he was a low, a slow left arm spinner but we've got a man that will tell us about Kaya Majola and we'll also speak uh, to his son Ovugile just to find out more about his father. Then we'll find out uh, about another cricketer who was actually born in South Africa but later went on to represent England's cricket team and uh, he left uh, because he couldn't represent the country of his birth because of the color of his skin he went on to make history in English cricket and I've heard so much about Basil de Oliveira and if you have anything to share on the show about Basil de Oliveira please do join the conversations at any time you can call us on 0891-104-207 we also take WhatsApp voice notes on 061-4104-107 and uh, I think on that note it's also worth mentioning that uh, Proteas all-rounder Jacques Callis received the order of Ikamanga uh, in silver today from President Cyril Ramaphosa. Now the order of Ikamanga is awarded to those who've excelled in a sport, in arts, in journalism, in music, in culture, in literature and uh, it's basically broken down into three categories. So you get uh, a gold for exceptional achievement and then you get silver for excellent achievement and you get bronze for outstanding achievement and uh, Jacques Callis was honored with an order of Ikamanga manga in silver today he's he wasn't able to receive it personally because he's at the IPL where he is uh, coaching KKR the Kolkata Knight Riders but certainly um I don't think a lot of people will argue with that. Uh, Jacques Callis, one of the greatest uh, South African cricketers all round, as one of the greatest cricketers in the world actually uh, Jacques Callis. Up next though we're going to find out about Mr. Ukaya Majola. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. And, uh, oh, another big story that came out as far as football is concerned is that Kaiser Chiefs have terminated the contract of Pule Extin. They've also announced that Gustavo Paez and uh, Jotoma Lope are leaving the club. So that's the uh, big story. And we've also just received news that former Bidvest Vets player Papi Fati actually collapsed during a, a, a game at Swatini there. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away. You might remember that when he played here for Bidvest Vets, uh, Papi Fati had, he had some heart condition, he had a heart condition and he had some problems. And that's why he couldn't continue his career 
we are here and unfortunately the news just came in uh, about 20, 20 minutes ago uh, that he collapsed while playing a soccer match and we would like to send our condolences to Papi Fati's uh, family and all those who know him. But we are now joined on the line by former cricketer Mr. Hussein Ayub to talk about the late Kaya Majola, a legendary figure in South African cricket who's left his mark in sport as a player, as a coach and later as an administrator. Mr. Ayub, good evening and thank you very much for speaking to us here on uh, SAFM. We appreciate your time, sir. Good evening, sir. It's a pleasure being on. Before we talk about actually Kaya Majola's legacy, I would like to find out more about his father, Eric, because I'm told he was also a great sportsman and it's somebody that you also knew? Yes, in fact, I met him in 1961 and uh, we became good friends. He was one of the great rugby players. He was a good cricketer, but Mm -hmm. rugby was his speciality. He would have played for South Africa at that stage. Wow. So the apple didn't fall far from the tree, as they say. Not at all, not at all. And then he mentioned, while we were together, he used to talk about this youngster of his, who I met very later, you know, in 1970s. And his name was Kaya Majola, one of the greats. He was a great all-rounder, left-arm spin bowler, a very good batsman and outstanding fielder. And at that stage, if there was a selection, he would have played for South Africa. So so you, you agree with those that say apartheid robbed us of uh, one of the greatest players because he never got to play? Oh, yes. There were many Basil Yolaveras around. There's that Achi Patel. I don't know mm. if you know him from. He's from, he's from Greek. Was. He was a great all-rounder. Then there was Neville Lakey. There were so many cricketers around. Even from where Kaya comes from, there were a lot. There was Bravo. Mm. There was Morris, Morris Wilson. And, uh, you know, you can name them. They can name them. They were all Rushdie Majid, for example. And yes, uh, apart, they did rob us. But like I said, uh, I was not bitter about it. I felt we should carry on with the development program. That is where Kaya played a very important role to prove to the world that given the opportunities that we had to have, we could match anybody. And also, I understand you were also a, a serious fast bowler yourself and became the first <laughs> man to reach 100 wickets in two-day in two day interprovincial competitions in the 60s and early 70s. Yes, yes. Uh, that was uh, one of the records I had. And then later, I was voted as one of the top six fast bowlers of South Africa with the likes of Alan Donald, Peter oh. Pollock, Mike Proctor, and Edgar LaRue. Yes, I was happy about that. But more than anything else, I think the development program to me mm. was what Kaya and I, that is where Kaya really stole my heart because he loved what he wanted to do. Maybe he wanted to prove to the world that opportunities that we never got, we give it to our kids. And today if you look at Rabada and you look at Bavuma and look at all those guys, they are coming through. It's said that Kaya wasn't around to see it happen. Yeah. And, and we're going to get more into that because now the Kaya Majola Cricket Week is very is very popular and it's great that it's named after him. But I understand that you're also writing a book about Mr. Kaya Majola. How far are you? A, it's not actually a book. It's a brochure, a 60-page brochure, okay. which is titled The Terrible Twins. That is what uh, Clive Lloyd called us when he came down here to see what we the were doing. The great Sir Clive Lloyd. And, yes, Sir Clive Lloyd. <laughs> and he was very, very happy to see us, what we are doing. And he told Dr. Bacher, that these two guys have really given up everything in their lives to make sure your development program is success, is to call us. And I'm writing on that to show the outside world what we had achieved. We went all over. We went to Australia to do our coaching there. We went to India. We went to Malaysia. 
and yes, uh, uh, we we worked hard, but the, the inspiration was more Kaya, more than anything else. You know, he kept me going. He was such a good friend that even whilst I was fasting, he was he would fast as well mm. because we were friends. We were very close. So I'm putting all that into that brochure of mine. It's completed. Uh, it is a matter of time before I have it published. Well, that's very good to hear, Mr. Hussein mm. Ayub, because mm. we I don't think we document our stories, especially those of our heroes. That's Even it. when we were preparing you, for this interview, it's very hard to find information. No, you're so right. It, I've, I've got everything from the moment we met. I talk about the Majola relationship where I met his brothers. I met his brother Tozi in Uganda. He's now... Uh, somewhere else, and uh, it's the, the Majola family was very sporting. They were very sporting, yeah. and uh, Vukile himself was a good uh, cricketer himself. And uh, yes, I'm, I go to Port Elizabeth regularly to go and see my daughter, and then I go and see Kaya's uh, old his mummy, and that is why I want to have this book out so that people out there can see what we had achieved or mm-hmm. try to achieve. Yes. Now, you mentioned that his father, Eric, played cricket and rugby. I'm also told that Mr. Kaya also played cricket and rugby. Was he equally good at both? Yeah, but more to me. I was more, I wasn't a rugby man. Yes. But uh, I know he was good at it. But I felt as a cricketer, knowing cricket, he would definitely have been in the, in the top, uh, of top three in South Africa then. He but re- again, like you said, we, we shouldn't be bitter about it. What mm. we should do is to continue the legacy of the development, because there are so many. I mean, I remember going into Alex, yeah. Alexander Township, and there you had so many of them, Walter Masamola, Salima oh, yes. Bena, um, Jack Madiseng, he's now with Houghton Cricket, Cricket Board. Yes, he was a good uh, opening batsman. Man. At 13 years, he had so much of prof. You know, he could have really made it. Mm. And uh, yeah. the list goes on. I mean, I can, I name them. Yeah. I mean, Enoch Nokwe. Enoch Kunkwe, the there. coach. Yeah. Johnson Marfa. Johnson Marfa, too. Yes, when I was manager of the Lions, he was one of our top bowlers, man. He was one of our top bowlers. Yeah, no, I remember all yeah. these guys you're talking about. Grant Mukwen are still playing also. Peace and justice. The, you know, the twins. Even the Harmony, Harmony, Harmony Nechinka. He was well, talented. I saw him score 100 in Natal when we played the schools against a uh, so-called white school in Natal. He scored 100 there. Outstanding. Even Jeffrey Toyan. <laughs> Oh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. I, I tell you, Jeffrey, uh, he was in my side when the All-Africa team played. When we played against Zimbabwe, he played in that team. And uh, very talented. I played with his uh, late, late dad as well. Mm. You know, there were cricketers, Malambas, the Malambas. Uh, yeah. They were all there. So, yes, cricket no. was there. It's just that people didn't recognize it. Yeah, no, people you... always say that blacks are only playing cricket now, but the people played at the turn of the century, man. I actually used to read about this Soweto cricket team in the paper. There was a keeper called Digjan there, uh, who was also yes. apparently very yeah. good. No, no, they had uh, talented cricketers, man. But like I said, Kaya stood out, mm. honestly. Head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, how would you say with today's cricketers, he would have still been there. He would have still been on top. He was such um, he was mentally strong, mentally strong. And what I liked about him, like I said, he, he would spend his last cent on the youngsters in Soweto, Alex, you know, that is the man I knew that well. So we saw that... He said, Mr. He said that he, he had to go so young. Yes, yes. And we mm. saw that he played for EP. Does it mean that it was a black EP team or could he have played in a mixed race team at the time? 
He could have. He could have. He played in a black EP team. Again, we played against each other. I played in five tournaments. But uh, he could have made that team. He would have walked into that team easily. But like I said, the, the, the apartheid has really done us down. But uh, we should, like I said, I always use the word, we should be better about it. All we do is to carry on and make sure that our kids come through. Uh, somebody asked me about transformation. How far is it? I still feel we're not pushing too hard. We should be pushing. We should be pushing. Yeah. You know, I still feel there's a bit of a slump somewhere. I don't know where it is, but we've got to push. And it all starts at grassroots. It got to start at grassroots with a mini cricket that we had, now called KFC. Mm. That's where we can see the talent, honestly. I mean, we... we it was Baker's mini cricket back the in the day. bread of South Africa. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. And, and we also saw that Mr. Majola also played for a black Springbok team. Was that now a black national team that played against rebel teams? No, no, no. It was just, um, you know, they used to, those years they used to pick just for the sake of picking a black team like that. Mm. It was no rebel. He, never, he would never have played in those tournaments. Not Kaya. No, um, uh, so who never. were they playing against? Uh, that's what I was trying to find out. They just, they just selected teams. They used to probably play against the Malay teams and they oh, were colored teams and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he rebel. also had a stint in England. How did that come about? Oh, yes. Kaya always felt the only way we're going to expose our kids to see what cricket is all about is to raise mon- money. I raised money with him, and we went over. They went over to England, and that is where the kids really opened their eyes and saw this is what you know we can achieve if we play well. And that was a great success for a so-called black team to go overseas and make it there. You spoke earlier on, I believe, on Basil Oliveira. Yes, yes, we're going to talk about yeah, him even later. Even, yes. even Basil himself felt that Kaya was a cricket material, test material. I played three in Basel's, uh, against Basel in three of his games here when he came to South Africa. And there too, I featured well. But like I said, Basel was here to look for talent so they could go overseas. But because of the lack of funding, we could never make it. That's so sad. When we were in Malaysia, he phoned us from England to ask us what we are doing is very good because we went around to show the other countries how we developed the game in South Africa. And that is so important. Is the, the mini cricket was the start of many things. Baker's mini cricket. Yeah. I played in that. Oh, we love that. Every Saturday morning, they'd give us biscuits and <laughs> give us those cricket balls and those T-shirts. That was well, where we fell in love a, with cricket. A lot of, a lot of my friends uh, in La Major used to tell me, we are bribing the kids, giving them biscuits <laughs> and oranges. I said, no, no, no. You've got to give them something. But I always felt there was talent. When I saw Eric Majola yeah. and I saw Dan Keke, Yes, yes. And Wilfred Kofu. Those were the three first blacks. When I saw them in the EPIC team, I realized there must be talent somewhere. There must be talent. And that is what I said there was. And then they had uh, Neville Francis, also a black boy from EP. Talented left-hander, talented. He scored 100 against our attack. So they, there is talent. It's just that people made people believe that the blacks cannot play cricket. And that is so sad. It's sad. Okay, Mr. And yet, uh, yeah. if they, they given opportunities, they can become, like I said, uh, like the West Indians at the moment. I mean, they also are forced to be reckoned with. Yeah. I want to take a quick break, Mr. Ayo, but we're going to continue the conversations. Though Those who uh, can share or uh, some insight or anything about uh, Mr. Kaya Majola, feel free to call us on 0891-104-207. We like to educate each other here on SAFM Sport One, and we're finding a lot here from Mr. Ayob. You can also send us a voice note on WhatsApp on 0614104107. Here, there. 
and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in King Williamstown. And we are still uh, remembering the life and times of former cricketer and administrator Mr. Kaya Majola as we celebrate a freedom this month uh, through sport. And we've got a voice note that's come through on 061-4104-107. Good evening to you. I'd love every South African to know what this disease apartheid did to us. It robbed us of our legends. But however, this disease, is, this disease still exists. And I wish somebody could find a cure to it. Thank you. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye. Good to hear from you. We've uh, missed those voice notes. Uh, that voice sounds very, very familiar, but uh, thank you for that. Uh, we're still speaking to Mr. Hussein Ayob, who's uh, giving us uh, some uh, a lecture here, an interesting lecture about Kaya Majola. Mr. Ayob, uh, you mentioned yes, that you were recently recognized with the likes of, of Alan Donald and all of them. I mentioned at the top of the show that Kaya Majola had uh, broke some records during his time. Are those records recognized? Do they stand? Um, not really, eh? Mm. The, I think the, the I think the last few years they said that the two days would be recognized, mm. but I'm not sure about that. You've never received any communication, uh, even yeah. with your records. Mm. But like I said, the, the aim of writing this is to let people read to know what was happening. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know they they don't know how difficult it was for us to go into the townships to get finances, to get equipment, to get the kids interested. You know, to, to make them believe that cricket is a game they should follow because it was soccer, 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 soccer. So it wasn't very easy. But like I said, there was always that uh, through the tunnel that we would see the light at the end of the tunnel. We always felt it was going to happen. And did you guys and, harbor ambitions of playing for South Africa? Uh, we had our own. We used to select our own so-called South African teams, you know what I mean, among themselves. Like they had a South African colored team, the South African Malays, the South African Indians, yeah. But like I said, if we were given the opportunity, Abdul Bamji, for example, I don't know if you know him, he challenged the, the, the white authorities so many times. They give us a chance to prove ourselves, but there was always this apartheid, no, you can't, we cannot play the Calabar, what have you. Mm. But uh, we had the talent. Somebody asked me, how would people have been there? I said, at least five, six guys would have walked into that team. I mean, I, I know we had good cricketers like Graham Pollock, Mike Proctor, Barry Richards. But our chefs were there. It says that we were not given the opportunity. So now, on that note, before I go to the lines, like the likes of Graham Pollock and the Barry Richards, their record yeah. still stands, the Hugh Tafels. We've heard so much about them. Whenever they talk about a great South African eleven. those names are being mentioned. Because of the apartheid system at the time, should we really have a greatest South African eleven? Because some of you guys were not allowed to represent your country. Yes, definitely we would have. We would have had a, a, South Africa would have been one of the strongest countries in the world. If, if it was not for that, where we were left out. But now, should the greatest 11s of the likes of Graham Pollock and Barry Richards still stand? Well, it depends how you look at it. It depends how you look at it. But our people are still following it. They should probably get somebody to go into our past and see who were the guys that really made it and yeah. who were the guys that, where could they be? Yeah, because I, w- I would think that if other people were not allowed to play for their country because of the color of their skin, and then those yes. other great 11s should not count because, I mean, yeah, they were only playing amongst each you. other. I agree with you there. Okay, let's, agree with you. Let's, let's go to the lines. We've got a call from Roger Kekke. I know the name, Roger Kekke. The call has been placed on oh, hold. Oh, no, Roger Kekke. After such an intro. 
Roger Kaka, are you there? Okay, we're going to get back to uh, Roger Kaka. I know that name. He played cricket in the Eastern Cape. He was a, a spinner. Tando Kaka. I think he wants to weigh in on Kaya Majola. Let's talk now about Kaya Majola as an administrator, Mr. Ayob. He was a renowned administrator, having been a director for much of cricket at the UCB. That was after the Unity Talks, where he worked alongside Dr. Ali Baha, who actually holds him in high regard. He's been our guest here on the show. That was a big task, considering where we were as a country. Let me tell you, Kaya, you know, what, uh, coming from the other side and joining on, on this side with the, with the likes of Dr. Bacher, he stood out as an administrator, honestly. And that uh, I admired about him. The way he ran, you know, the whole development program, it's unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable how he was. He was outstanding and he was very fair, very fair. You could, honest person, you could trust. And all he saw was to see that every child in this country, black, white, green, yellow, gets opportunity to play cricket. Do you think you'll be happy with what's happening now? Well, I don't know how things happening now. With the the problems we have facing, people are going on call packs because they're not happy. Mm. I don't know. We got we we got we got to do a lot of homework now. We got to do a lot. Unbelievable. And I hope I I may be wrong by saying if these people have gone to for call packs. I don't see why we should allow them to come play in our leagues because we are turning their backs on South Africa, yet we'll bring them back and play in our leagues. We're depriving other kids that could have made the team. I know it's very controversial, but that's how I feel. Okay. They should not be playing. They should not be playing. They left for the reason they don't want to play. So why bring them into our leagues? Why? I'd like to know. Okay, we've got uh, Roger Kakler back on the line. Roger, I said I know the name because you played cricket yes, in back home in PE. I know Roger as well. <laughs> the spinner, well. the yes. tall spinner. Good cricketer. There's a youngster who could have made it, honestly. Roger was one of our top cricketers from the Eastern Cape. I know I played against him and uh, talented. Now, he was robbed of playing for his country. Yeah, Roger, Roger, good evening. Thanks for joining us on SAFM, sir. Good evening, Kevin. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks. I've also got Mr. Ayob here, who is uh, giving us a history lesson on the great Kaya Majola. Yes, 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 yes. What What would you like to add from the Eastern Cape? I mean, uh, I'm sure this is one of your idols, Kaya Majola. You know, firstly, I will start uh, with uh, with Hussein. You know, uh, I want to thank him. I never had a chance to thank him. Uh, it was uh, in 1994. We were the first uh, three groups to go and play cricket in England. Wow. And uh, Hussein uh, went to kick us up at the airport, myself, Ezra Poole from Cape Town, and Sean mm. Michaels from, I think, Pal or, or Stellenbosch, one of those That's areas. Right. That's right. And then uh, he took us through Hillbro. Yes, I must say that, <laughs> which was an experience for me. And, uh, you know, he's, as we were driving... He, he took us through of what was expected of us, you know. Mm. And then we got to England. We got picked up by different teams. I went to Plymouth. I think uh, Ezra went to to uh, um, Devin Mouth. And then uh, Sean went to Oxmouth uh, or whatever. Mm. But uh, there was a call I got one Friday. It could have been around uh, May or June from Kaya on a Friday. You know, uh, it was my first time outside the country. You know, I didn't have a family. And then Menir calls me and then says, uh, Tando, how are you doing there? I said, no, I'm fine. I'm playing well. I'm doing okay. 
but I miss home. That's what I said at the end. Mm. And then he said to me, listen, uh, this is an opportunity. Whatever the world is throwing at you, stick around. Maybe the best will come out of that. Mm. You know, it was one, I was contemplating to come back home to, to just drop everything because I was also studying then. Mm. But what Meunier made to make me comfortable was to stay and fight it over. I can say it now that that uh, confirmation statement that it was fine and I must stick it around was the best advice I ever got. Mm. That was number one. Secondly, I came back around 1994. I got another call from Meunier to stay. I'm picked to become the captain of the, develop, uh, of the development team to play in the South African National Defense Force. Wow. Then the people in my team, we had Nguna, the twins, were there. Mahua, Kenneth, was part of that. Oh, I remember Kenneth, Kenneth, the opening batsman. was part of that. And uh, Jacob Malau. You know, we had, we had the team of the, of the black cricketers, which is exactly what... Uh, Hussein is saying that Budkaya wanted black people to have an opportunity to show their talent. I can safely say that I had those opportunities. Now, now, uh, I run my own business. I'm busy with my master's, with all the lessons I learned from Menier and Hussein. Mm. I think what they did to us all the hardship they experienced as players in their eras, they ensured that we don't face the same, you know? Mm. Yes, in our era, the times were not bad, but definitely they were not worse than they were in their eras, which I can uh, take claim and say, Hussein, well done mm. for all the efforts you've done to put us where we are, in PE specifically, right? Later stage of life. I played with Minier. I played with Keila. I played with Lulama. You know? Lulama Masekazana. The wicket keeper. Wicket yes, keeper, yeah. Yes, yes. And, and uh, Lulama was the first black African uh, essay scholar. Mm. Thanks to Minier with all the efforts that he did that we became the people that God created us to be. That's a great story. And I remember that United cricket team there, uh, they used to dominate the likes of Derek Sontundu, also Kenneth Mahua, as you mentioned. And, and and Roger, I know that you're also trying to give back back home in PE. You try to get people together in December with the likes, with the likes of Zanele Mdota. And I'm sure you, it's, it's also because of you are inspired by this gentleman that came before you. Yes. No, you, you know, uh, uh, Hussein mentioned Omkovu. Omkovu will coach players every Saturday, you know. He is famous of one thing, Omkovu. For these guys who move their back foot when they are playing, Omkovu will put a brick on your back foot <laughs> so that you make sure that you don't move it, you know. <laughs> so what I'm busy doing, we've got uh, Tando Manana from the rabbit side, we have Zanele, and uh, we, 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 we live in the legacy or we plow him back all what Menier has done for
for, for everybody, especially in our area. I can safely say now, Jeffrey is my friend. Mm. Uh, Soli is my friend. These are the guys I played with against from Soweto. Mm. You know? And the best thing about it was these black Africans playing against each other. And we, on the field, we play hard. But after the game, we became best of friends, which is what Minier was all about. Okay, great Minier, stuff. Uh, took me one day when we arrived in Soweto, around the field, and then he said to me, Tando, uh, I want you to make friends with these guys. Don't see them as enemies. Because, you know, when there is competition. And uh, we played. We had a bride after that. We slept in the change room, you know. And he said these are some of the things that they used to live under in those conditions. So he wanted to make us hard. And be strong. Show us how reality is. Yeah. You know. Uh, no, thanks, so, Roger. We're going to have to move on because we also want to talk about Basil de Oliver, but we really appreciate your contribution here, uh, Roger. And uh, Mr. Ayob, now finally, as we as we wrap up, you, you don't seem to be bitter. It doesn't seem like Kaya Majola is also bitter. And actually, you seem to be proud of the work that he did even after his playing days. How then do you describe his legacy and how do you want him to be remembered? I want, honestly, Kaya should be remembered. Like, I mean... You know, they always talk about people that have served. Kaya should be remembered. The, the, the Kaya Majola Cricket Week is just one of those things. You know, sometimes I just feel he's forgotten completely with, with a new setup. Mm. You should either look for, a, I mean, I always set a statue for him. I know people may think I'm mad. But if you look at an Australians, they have statues of all the greats. Mm. And Kaya should be, especially where he comes from in Eastern Cape, people should really have something for Kaya Majola or the Majola family because they've done a lot for, for cricket. The legacy should be there. And that is what I felt that uh, very little has been talked about the grassroots development. We talk about, okay, uh, the Rabadas making it, but the hard work that was done, like Keke uh, just mentioned now, mm. those are the things we are forgotten. You know, we just you just forgotten. Sometimes you don't get the invitation to a cricket game, things like that. And uh, it's so important for people to remember Kaya. I mean, he was definitely, when, whenever I sit and think, this, this afternoon when they asked me to speak about Kaya, I was very emotional mm. because I felt a lot can be done, still be done. The legacy of Kaya Majola must still go on. And the producer was actually telling me that you were saying that even his wife uh, told you that she feels that her husband's memory is not being honored. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, Kaya left so many of his photos, of his things. Where are they? I hardly see them. It's, it's sad. I mean, I remember the time when uh, Soweto Cricket Club had Kaya Majola all over, the Soweto team going all over there. Things have been removed. It's not there. We should we should have a Hall of Fame. And Kaya should be one of the ones that should be there in the Hall of Fame for what he has done for cricket. Cool. A lot of people felt, I mean, even me, my People used to tell me, you're wasting your time going into the township. Today, when I look at what has happened, I feel proud that we made that move. You know, I'm not bitter about it. But at times you think about it, you think, uh, is it really true? You know, when you see them coming through, I mean, you look at, I, I watch every game and I look at the youngsters, especially the black African youngsters, and I want to see what have they achieved. 
I'm still looking for a great batsman, the Bavuma. I'm still looking for one of those to come through. And I can see it'll take some time, but are we, are we really spending a lot of time on them? Mm. Are we giving them everything? Those are the type of things you've got to look for. No, you know, the for Australians, sure. I, I've been there at a coaching. They've got a different setup completely than ours. I mean, and you can see, they'll spend all their time on that youngster who's got a talent. Mm. And that is what we've got to do. Kaya Majola should be recognized, like I said, even a statue somewhere for, for what he has done for cricket. Couldn't have said it better myself, Mr. Hussein Ayub. Thank you very much, sir, for finding time to speak to us and educating us about Mr. Kaya Majola. We really appreciate it and we'll be was in a, touch with you. It was a you. great pleasure for me to speak on Kaya Majola. Thank you, Thank sir. You well. Please keep Thank us updated about the brochure and when it's out so that we can also share it with our listeners. Thank you, Mr. Hussein Ayub. There. Up next, we find out about another uh, great man of the game uh, from back in the day, Mr. Basil de Oliveira. Let's have the conversation at SAFM Radio on Twitter. And uh, we were due to speak to Kayamajola Sanu Vugile. He had agreed to speak to us, uh, but unfortunately we can't get hold of him at the moment. But you heard from Mr. Ayub that he was also a fine cricketer. And I'm actually reminded that I actually went to school with one of the Majolas, uh, Wandile Majola, also a fantastic cricket player and a soccer player. He was absolutely exceptional, Wandile Majola. So you can believe all the stories that they tell you about these Majola uh, boys and the Majola family. But let's now look at the life of Basil de Oliveira, another conversation that I'm excited to be part offer he was born in cape town moved to england in 1960 he was not eligible to play for south africa because of the apartheid system and uh, he went on to represent england in 44 test matches but he started at the saint augustine cricket club which celebrates its 120th year uh, this year and club president uh, uh, mr Johnny jacobs joins us on the line now mr jacobs good evening sir thank you very much for speaking to us on safm good evening Dapiso. well mr the Oliveira's legacy uh, it seems to be well respected around the world. We've heard so much about him and what he's done for the game and breaking barriers. But as I mentioned, his journey started at the St. Augustine Cricket Club. Tell us about when he first came to the club. How old was he? Um, man, uh, um, in terms of how exactly how uh, old he was, I can't tell you that number. But Basil started his cricket. Yeah. As a uh, a young a young uh, a, a youth um, back uh, in the fifties uh, um, and uh, or I would say yeah in the more in the forties mm. yeah. uh, because he he started with St Augustine's because his father was uh, Lulu de Oliveira was a member of the St Augustine's Cricket Club. His father went on to become uh, chairman and president of the St. Augustine's Cricket Club. And, uh, yes, that was his home uh, for club cricket. He went on uh, to represent Western Province uh, uh, Cricket Association at the age of 16 and uh, uh, renowned for his uh, superlative performances on the field. Mm. And and you are celebrating 120 years as a club. We can't ignore that. Can you just give us a bit of background of St. Augustine's Cricket Club? Yeah. St. Augustine's Cricket Club was founded by uh, the Reverend, uh, Reverend Sidney Warren Lewis, who later on became uh, known as Bishop Lavis. And there's also a, 
a, a, a township name here in the Cape, uh, Western Cape, uh, called Bishop Lavis. Now, at the time, he was uh, Reverend uh, Lavis, and uh, during the early years, and this was now uh, uh, 1899, uh, the, the uh, clergy and the parents uh, were concerned about the youth, the idle youth, um, not being involved constructively and uh, just roaming the streets. And at that time already, there were concerns about um, um, if the youngsters are not going to be actively engaged, uh, then there's always uh, the concern of drugs and alcohol and things. Mm. So th- that is the main pillar on which the St. Augustine Cricket Club was founded on the 3rd of September, 1899, uh, from the pulpit of the St. Paul's Church in Bree Street, Cape Town. Uh, And besides Mr. uh, Basil, are there any other names that came through St. Augustine Cricket Club? Man, the St. Augustine Cricket Club was renowned for for, for top-class players. Basil is one of them who... uh, uh, um, Sought uh, 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 to 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 went uh, abroad to uh, see how his cricket uh, uh, um, weighs up against uh, the top players, uh, mm. and we had players like uh, uh, Basil Witten, a top class cricket, uh, um, who played with Basil, and I'm sure if he had the opportunity, would also have made any international team. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there were others, uh, Kenny Rodericks, um, um, and a host of, of players who played for St. Augustine's, uh, the January brothers, uh, Peter and Dennis January, uh, and there was another uh, uh, man also by the name of Johnny Jacobs who played for St. Augustine's. So there were uh, lots of guys, the, the Wittens, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Basil Whitten, um, he's uh, folks, yes. um, uh, older folks were founder members of the club. Uh, now, and what what like made Basil so special as a player? Because I believe that he kept in the non-white as a cricket team while still playing for the club. Yes. You see, Basil was a guy for, for, for top-class performances at a very young age. He, he, he scored centuries. He was the one guy that scored a century in a provincial match before lunch. Oh. He had scored the century. In the morning session? Uh, excuse me? In the morning session? <laughs> in the morning session, yes. Wow. By the time they got to lunch, he had his 100 on the board. Wow. So, so yes, performances, huge scores, big scores, and that is why he stood out and his name stood out. Um, and he was a, 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 a brilliant all-rounder. You know, he took his wickets, he bowled, but his, his, his major uh, skill was his batting. But uh, a, a brilliant bowler and a fielder at that. He was an athlete of, of, of immense talent.
Yeah, no, if he, if he can score 100 before lunch, then he was definitely an athlete of immense talent. The one guy that I remember that I think scored 100 before lunch recently, I think it was Shikha Dawan, if I'm not mistaken, the Indian batsman. But now I, I see that he left very late in his career to go and play in England. He was about 30 years old. Before he left, was he a household name here in South Africa? Did everybody know about him or did the non-whites, as they were called at the time, only know about him? Well, you're stalking in the in non-white cricket. Basil was uh, one of the top names uh, that stood out, and I say one because there were quite a few brilliant others as well. But he was a name that stood out, uh, like I said, for what he has, what he achieved on the field from a very young age. So uh, he played yeah provincial cricket. He played for the SA non-white team that toured uh, Kenya. Uh, uh, during uh, those years. And uh, yes, he was uh, also a top-class soccer player. So Basil, um, in terms of uh, um, Senegassian's cricket club, was a, a well-known cricket club mm. um, uh, for our performances on the field. And he, amongst others, uh, set the platform and really put the, the club on the map for uh, um, excellence, cricketing excellence, sporting excellence. Okay, let's go to a voice note before we go to a break. It's come through on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. Hi, guys. It's uh, Lee right here. Um, I wanted to ask her a question uh, that how does the St. Augustine Cricket Club feel uh, that the uh, England or South Africa versus England uh, test series is named after this legend Basil uh, Basil de Oliveira. It's called the, the Basil de Oliveira Trophy. The test series between England to honor his legacy. How do they all? And I, I don't know if you knew that, but the, um, that trophy is named after him. Thank you very much. Great stuff. Thanks for that, Lee. Yes, I actually do know that uh, that they've got, uh, they had that series, the Basil de Oliveira Trophy. But I'll get Mr. Jacobs uh, to respond after this break. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Still talking to President uh, Johnny Jacobs of the St. Augustine Cricket Club. President, uh, there was a voice note from Lee just to find out how do you feel that there's that Basil de Oliveira Trophy. And also, what plans do you have to celebrate him this year? Right. Uh, um Yes, the, the series between uh, South Africa and England is called is is, is played for the Basil Oliveira Trophy. Um, so uh, our celebrations coincide with England's next tour, um, the end of the year, yeah, to South Africa. Here. Yeah, and we're planning uh, a gala dinner, uh, amongst other things. We're also having a a uh, special uh, th- a church service to commemorate Basel and also the existence of the club over 120 years. Mm. Oh, please invite uh, us to that. So there will be lots of activities later on. In fact, our club is having a uh, an executive meeting this evening. I'm supposed to be part of it, but I'm first attending to your call and then I'll join them uh, <laughs> Uh, at a later stage. But at the end of the year, like I said, there will be lots of activities. In fact, I think our church service will be the 8th of uh, 
September, just after uh, our commemoration day, the 3rd of September, the day on which uh, the club, and the club was also named after the college yeah. uh, where Reverend uh, Sidney Warren uh, Lavis studied. It was St. Augustine's College, hence the name of the St. Augustine's Cricket Club. Yeah. Now, now, just for the sake of time, I want to move a bit quick, uh, faster. Uh, talking about England, now, when he moved to England, he went to go play for them, 44 test matches. Uh, uh, did he have a desire to play for England when he went there? Was that the plan? Because I see he was also later honoured also with the Order of the British Empire. Um, that was not an initial desire. Like I said, he went there to uh, compare his uh, skills, his capabilities at a higher level, uh, which uh, wasn't really possible here. And the people spotted his talent, and I think it was a a guy, and I stand here under correction, it was a guy by the name of John Arlott, who spotted him and then uh, uh, um, arranged for him to be contracted to one of the clubs in Worcestershire. Yes. And he went, and after some great performances, he went on to represent the Worcester County Cricket Club. And from there, he was selected uh, for England. Yeah, and he's like even I got said, a stand he, named after fact, him. He played, he, played, uh, he played his first cricket match probably at the age of uh, 35. As an international. Although, although the... In the press, you will read that he, start, he started playing for England at the age of 32. Mm. Um, they had to do some uh, uh, some uh, adjustment, some rearrangement, because a man making the England team at the age of 35 was wow. not on. You, 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 excuse me. No, I'm saying, wow, that's amazing. Now, tell us about that uh, 1968 tour where he was, England was supposed to come to South Africa and he was picked and they thought that it would cause a lot of tensions and a lot of outrage if they came here and eventually it was cancelled. Yeah, what happened? Basil wasn't uh, picked in the initial squad. Probably for political reasons, mm. to keep the tour safe. But uh, then on the eve uh, of the tour... Um, one of the players withdrew because of injury. And Basil had just in that week scored the century at county level and he couldn't be overlooked. So Basil was picked. And of course, uh, the South African government under a certain Mr. J.B. Foster uh, decided that uh, Basil would not be welcome to come and play in South Africa for England. And uh, that is the basis of the tour being cancelled. Because obviously they were embarrassed because they didn't pick him because of the colour of his skin. And when he went to England, they picked him because of his cricket. And we've actually managed, as hard as it is to find archives, with our producers here, well done to Katlejon Liola. They've managed to pull out a clip of Basil meeting Nelson Mandela in 1996. Let's hear it, guys. greatest day in my life uh, uh, to meet him, this, this marvellous man. I've always thought a lot of him, read a lot about him, and now I've actually met him. He's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And to come back to the South Africa, this new South Africa, has been absolutely marvellous. I've enjoyed every minute of it. I wish I could stay longer. And to see a coloured player finally in the in the test side. Or Paul Adams. Paul Adams. How do you feel about that? Oh, it's lovely. It's great. That, <clears throat> I think that says it all as far as I'm concerned. You know, the, the, the selection is there now, the chance is there for everybody, and I think 
for me, as I said over the years, the most important thing about South Africa coming back is not South Africa coming back so much into the fold, but that everybody now has got a chance of playing. That's the important part to me. That's incredible. That's the first time I hear his voice actually, Basil Olivier. And by the way, his son Brett also plays county cricket um, in England there. Uh, so do look out for him also. But finally, Mr. Uh, Jacobs, thank you for joining us and for sharing with us. How would you describe his legacy? How would you like him to be remembered? Um, well, first of all, a man who uh, went beyond the call of duty to showcase his talents so that so many others uh, could benefit from it. In fact, that uh, spearheaded the, the uh, um, South Africa being put under pressure and uh, becoming a uh, pariah uh, country in terms of uh, being ignored by the rest of the world. And they then start, uh, slowly had to start changing their policy and start speaking uh, and uh, that sort of, I would say, spearheaded the uh, um, change in the sporting fortunes uh, for sports people. And uh, Basil D'Olivera, uh, from the Basil, the Dolly affair, yes. as the, the, the crisis surrounding Basil's uh, cricket and uh, uh, coming to South Africa, it was known as the Dolly affair. Yeah. Uh, Dolly was a uh, battle. Oliveira was named as Dolly V. Dumas Dolly. So uh, yes, and as you mentioned earlier, Dolly was a a brilliant speaker, mm-hmm. and uh, he used to come to South Africa on numerous occasions while he was uh, living in England and employed in England to come and share with the cricket club to do a bit bit of coaching. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have to leave it there. We have to leave it there. Sorry, Mr. Jacobs, to cut you off, but I was actually listening. I didn't even look at the clock. Please invite us to the celebrations later this year. I'd love to be part of that and just see and find out more about this great man, Basil de Oliveira. But that's all the time we have. We're going to wrap up this theme tomorrow. We've also got something else and some other stars to celebrate. So do join us tomorrow. Uh, My name is Tabiso Musia. News is up next. And then Mr. Songezo Mapek.